0: Hello, this is Carlos Pascual, Senior Vice President for Geopolitics and International Affairs, S&P Commodity Insights. It is October 20th, 2022. Over the past 10 days, Russia has attacked the energy infrastructure of Ukraine. This has disabled at least 30% of the power infrastructure of the country. Today we had an opportunity to speak with Energy Minister for Ukraine, Herman Halushenko, to explain to us the impacts on the people of Ukraine and its economic infrastructure. I stress again, today is October 20th, 2022. Circumstances can change and events can change quickly, and so we want you to be aware of that when you watch this video. Thank you for joining us. So this is Carlos Pascual, Senior Vice President for SNBP Global Commodity Insights, and welcome to this version of Sierra Week Conversations. We have today an extraordinary opportunity to talk to a man at the Center of Global Politics and Global Energy, Minister Herman Hedluchenko, the Minister of Energy of Ukraine. Minister, what a pleasure to have you today. No, I appreciate very much the time that you're taking to spend with us. It's an extraordinary time. Ukraine is in a state of war. There have been extensive attacks on Ukrainian infrastructure, on Ukrainian civilian sites uh, throughout the country. And Minister, I wanted to begin with the human aspect of the story. What impact are these attacks having on the Ukrainian people? How is it affecting their resolve? Uh, In fact, that is
1: the biggest attack on the energy from the beginning of the war, it started uh, last Monday, and so it continues almost second week. Uh, every day, shelling the energy infrastructure, and uh, so we calculated that it, uh, by today, it's already something around missiles, mm-hmm. drones, uh, and artillery attacks was uh, already done on energy infrastructure. Of course, that's influence uh, the um, possibility to supply electricity to our households, to supply electricity to our industry. And uh, that's why, uh, unfortunately, we, we had to make some kind of difficult and extraordinary decision uh, as a restriction of, of supply to our people. That is also uh, the reason, as a reason of this, uh, this massive challenge is also the question that they destroyed number of generation facilities that is thermal generation. And uh, they also dramatically destroyed the lines inside the Ukraine, so that the substantial issues. And of course, that's also influenced uh, the possibility to supply electricity. What, what, is, what is important now that of course we repair, we repair very quickly. Uh, but uh, so even now, at that time we are speaking, so we are under a new attack, and uh, so we just know the uh, the consequences uh, in the nearest hour.
0: Minister, the reports have been that thirty uh, percent of the Ukrainian power generation has been affected by this. Can you help us understand how widespread have been the attacks within Ukraine? A large number of cities. Um, how extensive is the damage as we look across the range of Ukrainian territory?
1: This is true. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, even you know, probably a bit more than 70. percent And uh, of course, the, 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 uh, the most important issue is, for us, is to repair and to repair quickly and reconnect our, our uh, consumers uh, reconnect from the other, on the other lines. So today, uh, in fact, we, uh, well, I'd say, uh, before even today, so every day, so we managed to do it, even in this situation of uh, 30% percent uh, uh, destruction in, in the system. Uh, but what what is, I mean, what, what is the danger at this station? So we see that
0: these challenge
1: continue. And uh, according to uh, what I heard when last week we can make it conference and uh, we are not reached all targets, so we can still reach our goals. But I mean what, what the goals for them in this uh, situation is, I think mean, that's just to freeze Ukrainian people. That's because they failed on the ground of and now they're doing this kind of terror against.
0: Um, Minister, in terms of the attacks, um, uh, we've seen the reports of the missile attacks, the drone attacks. Um, one, if you can give us a sense of the combination, is is it both that are affecting Ukraine right now, or is one or the other a principal problem? And secondly, what are they hitting? Is it principally uh, transmission lines, transformers, power plants, um, so that we better have an understanding of the details of it?
1: Mm-hmm. So that's, um, uh, usually they use it in combination. So now they got these Iranian drones, and uh, they use it in combination with missiles. So they, uh, at the same time, so we see that the drones uh, on operation and the missiles also shells from, uh, usually that's from Black Sea, uh, from the fleet, and also that is from planes, from near the borders of Ukraine, uh, from Belarus, Russia's territory. Uh, so they, they they really made this in combination, and uh, they uh, they are targeting S generation facilities. For instance, yesterday, uh, all, all missiles were targeting um, thermal uh, plants. We're talking about three thermal plants in, in the western part of Ukraine, in the center. And also, they at the same time by drones uh, they are trying to target the uh,
0: transmission, and that really helps underscore the importance that Ukraine has placed on receiving air defense uh, equipment from uh, the United States, from Europe, from countries throughout the world. Uh, you had an extraordinary meeting last week, and um, on the part of NATO and the Ukraine Contact Group. Are you? Are you optimistic that uh, air defense systems will be arriving soon? I hope. Uh, I, I see no
1: decision now on this side because otherwise, we cannot protect our our capacity. I mean, energy sector, especially energy sector, all these massive So that's what we, uh, we, we really and ask as they work. We were talking that we need to protect the sky, close the sky, or like any kind of more efficient system uh, of protection. That is, of course, this is just one, one, one option. What, what, what? Uh, already, uh, I see that we start receiving some uh, more modern system. But question: How long time it, it takes to ensure that our our air is
0: Um, And I'll say that we're recording this conversation on October 20th, so for those who listen to it, they have a sense of what the timing is and they can put into perspective what the status might be at the point that they have an opportunity to see this discussion. But it really underscores, I think, the importance of timing and how critical that is for the Ukrainian people. And, And finally, maybe just go into the issue of Ukrainian industry and its ability to function in this context.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. That is, uh, that is very important to maintain the system stable. Uh, one of the goals which we see in this massive shell they wants to split our energy system on different uh, areas. And probably it's uh, the uh, the idea that when they split the system, or if, if they do this, uh, I hope not, so we're still maintaining the stability system, but if it's depleted, it means that it's more easy to damage it, for instance, during winter time when the temperature would be
0: Let's discuss, Mr. Minister, if we could, the gas situation, because it is so critical for Ukraine, it's critical for Europe as well. Um, at this point, um, can you tell us about the status of uh, the availability of gas in Ukraine from your own production, from storage, and any other supplies that you're able to get?
1: Um, uh, we put, uh, from the first days of war, uh, we make a order which uh, uh, banned the export local gas uh, to Europe. I mean, the production, which the gas, which was produced in Ukraine, now from the first days were stored in our storages. And in fact, that was the right decision. Now we see this help us to fill in the storages. Um, but what, what is, uh, what is uh, important also is that, of course, we need some additional gas. We need uh, uh, the import of gas during the heating season. We do not uh, need to put it in the storage, but we can, need uh, to use it in the pipe uh, during the heating season to, to make a pressure. And that is in population, something up to PCM of gas, which um, we need to import from, let's say, December till, till March
0: and today Minister the um, I think first of all it's important to just uh, explain for the audience that Ukraine has one of the largest underground storage systems for natural gas in the world which has been a huge asset for you your production today uh, domestically you've managed to maintain it relatively well is this being done principally by Ukrainian companies
1: yeah that's that's almost Ukrainian companies uh, so and, and you're right with the Storages so we could store up to 70 BCM of gas, and that would be storages. And uh, uh, unfortunately, what we see is during the war because of the foreign companies, uh, are not store gas in our storages. Besides that, that the storage is on the west of Ukraine, and it's safe, uh, even from the point of view of uh, the war. Uh, But uh, I understand there's some risks for for investors because uh, before the war, usually uh, at least several BCM gas was uh, uh, imported inside Ukraine. And then uh, during the heating season, uh, the foreign companies sell this gas in the European market.
0: At this point, is there a role that foreign companies can play in supporting Ukraine, uh, supporting Ukraine producers? Uh, are there suggestions that you can make for those that might be um, seeing this discussion on ways that they can help you in Ukraine?
1: In fact, uh, you know, of course we, uh, we welcome uh, any foreign companies to store gas in our storages. And that is important also for us as a system, maintaining the system. And it makes, uh, good, good uh, business uh, uh, opportunity for the companies to uh, to, to, to have this gas uh, and then to sell it uh, during the heating system when, when the price is high. And from the other point, uh, we also, the, the the price of storage in Ukraine, it, it's uh, uh, very cheaper if you compare it to the same
0: situation, for
1: instance, in Europe, in the storages in Europe.
0: And can you give a sense of how secure that storage is? Is there a risk that's involved? Uh, that would be one of the things companies ask.
1: That's, uh, they are quite secure. They are really very quite secure. They, uh, so we checked this uh, before, and especially now, during uh, or so it looks like uh, even, even any attempts uh, uh, to, to hit this infrastructure fail. It's very, very difficult to
0: reach the gas in this country. Um, Let's turn to the Europe situation. Um, at present, there still is Russian gas flowing through Ukraine to Europe, um, I think on the order of 40 to 45 million cubic meters a day. It's, uh, my understanding, below the contracted amounts. What's your perspective of that continuing to flow as the war continues?
1: Uh, that's a difficult question, really, because uh, what what we see, I mean, our contractual uh, obligation is 1.9 million per day. Uh, uh, and uh, so, uh, uh, but before the war, even before the war, the Russians decrease this level uh, to 40, and it was even 78, depends on the date. Uh, but uh, the interesting thing that when it was started from night of uh, February, they increased dramatically the uh, uh, volumes of gas transit to Ukraine to maximum level, and it looks like it was kind of uh, uh, I don't know how to call it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and and and. Uh, uh, opportunity for Russians to show the Europeans, guys, who, that is the war something between us and Ukraine. And uh, but you would receive gas yes, uh, according to our contract on the maximum volumes. And when they see that they failed to, uh, to break the European approaches and European solidarity against this one, uh so they decrease it again to minimum, minimum levels. Of course, we have one of these scenarios, and especially after this Stream 1 and North Stream 2 situation, we have one of the scenarios, and probably they uh, they, they could realize this uh, scenario is that uh, they could stop transit through Ukrainian pipe. But uh, I think that they would decide uh, uh, according to the situation because today, the storages in Europe, the level of gas in the storage is quite high. It's more than 90%. And uh, for instance, the prices, also and So we will see how the Russians
0: And indeed, one of the points um, that I think is important to underscore, Minister, is how important the gas through Ukraine right now is for many European countries. If there were a complete cut-off of gas, my understanding is that that would eliminate the gas supplies for Moldova, for Italy, for Austria, Slovakia. uh, could you comment on that? Is that your understanding as well?
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, of course, it's very important. I mean, from the point of view of supply of our neighbor city and, uh, yeah. uh, sorry, countries.
0: And, uh, that's
1: the situation, especially with Moldova. So it's a very, very difficult situation because they receive gas uh, from Gazprom, uh, so the company Moldres and Moldova Gas, where the Gazprom is made shareholder. And, uh, of course, in this situation, you know what, that's, I mean, all this, what this happened and with Moldova and, for instance, the, the previous winter, we, we also helped Moldova with the gas, uh, we supply gas to them uh, to survive. And that is uh, really the, uh, let's say, the usual Russian game, when we when use the gas not as, as a commodity and more than as a weapon, and the possibility to press the countries. And uh, I mean, they did it, Many times before, and that is really now we have
0: a situation when everyone already understand. So, in effect, gas has been used as a measure to pressure the countries of Europe um, and your neighbors to get them to break their solidarity with Ukraine and potentially to break their solidarity with one another. Exactly,
1: exactly. That's what it is. So, we could see the situation with Hungary uh, when uh, the Russian have uh, this direct contract with to hung, uh, Hungarian, uh, Hungarians, uh, they have special prices, which are far from prices, market prices in Europe. And uh, I cannot believe that they do this for free. <laughs> it means that if, if they give uh, uh, them some, uh, some uh, special uh, conditions for the gas, it means that uh, they ask something instead and that is over. Um.
0: Minister, if we could turn to the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant, um, a concern that has worried the entire world. Um, can you give us a, a status report on the situation of the power plant?
1: Well, the situation is uh, very difficult now, and uh, plus, uh, there are a lot of efforts uh, to do something with the, I mean, we could start with the first days when they captured the plant and shellings on the side, shellings on the and of course, it, it uh, something which, which nobody expected would happen in, in our century. And um, uh, now the EIA are trying to make some kind of uh, agreement on natural zone, but it looks like uh, we had enough, well, you know, maybe five or six minutes. Rafael goes here and here, and uh, I accompanied him uh, Asia many times. And so that's. That's the issue very difficult because I mean, Russians uh, do not want to reach any agreement. Because I mean, with the position of uh, the decree of Putin, that is the federal ownership and uh, that is our station. I mean, there is no, no matter to discuss something, for example, because we say that any natural zone should be only in case of full demilitarization. Of this zone, uh, the zone and the Russians should leave uh, the station, and Ukrainian staff should operate. Today, what they are doing, uh, uh, they are trying to push uh, our staff uh, to agree to work for Russians. And unfortunately, they make tortures, they press people, and uh, we already have every day uh, that information that some people disappear, uh, nobody knows when, uh, where, and it's like that is. Something crazy is what they are
0: doing there just
1: to push people to to agree to work for, for Russians.
0: Just to reinforce how serious this is, it's the largest nuclear power plant in Europe. It's been run by Ukrainians. The Russians have taken over the plant. Even though Russians are there and have taken over the site, it's still being run by Ukrainian operators. And there is rushing shelling uh, at or around the plant itself, even though they have occupied that territory. Um, it's an extraordinary situation. Um, Ukraine's maintained its commitment to, actually, keep, yeah. uh, to keep Ukrainian workers functioning there. And the Ukrainian workers are really at the center of the safety of the plant now, right? Yeah, you're right. And they're
1: exhausted. Imagine how. how difficulties and, and that is also we should I mean everyone understand that this is the people now they are under pressure every day exhausted physically and morally and uh, but they are responsible for nuclear safety and that is also very difficult issue I mean to, to just do a stuff and uh, of course they they are doing great job I really I'm sure when after our victory, uh, so we we would find all these heroes, and, and uh, so we, we would support them because because that they are really doing great job. Because already three times uh, the NPP was in blackout because of this crazy shavings, and they break the lines between in, in energy system and, and station. And uh, these people really managed to start operation of the diesel uh, diesel generators, and uh, so they the
0: uh,
1: So they really let
0: the people. And just to reinforce, I mean, maintaining that electricity supply is critical to maintain the cooling system for the power plant. And so they have been truly heroes to prevent an explosion of the power plant itself. Um, Minister, if I can ask you about agriculture, uh, Ukraine is one of the leading agricultural producers in the world energy is critical to make agriculture work. Is it possible to get the adequate full fuel supplies to Ukrainian producers this year as they begin their preparations for the winter crop?
1: Yeah, yeah. Fortunately, it, 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 we did it. And uh, it takes, of course, uh, a lot of time, at least several months, uh, while we went in this uh, supply of fuel Euro, uh, from Europe because uh, before, the war, uh, before the war we had, before the war we had uh, a lot of percentage of import from Russia and Belarus and diesel and gasoline. And uh, of course uh, we, we lost all this uh, after the we war started and it takes some time for us to make this logistical issue to supply uh, fuel to Ukraine. But now everything is okay. So we, we have reserves, uh, the, uh, everything is, is stable, all this.
0: Um Amidst all of the difficulties that you've been facing, there has been one very positive thing that's occurred that hasn't gotten very much attention around the world, but that you've been able to synchronize Ukraine's power system with that of Europe. Can you explain to people the importance of that measure?
1: Of that's, course, that's very important. And that's really was one of our goals for our energy strategies. Uh, that was my goal that's when I started my career as a minister. And uh, it was planned for 2023 and was supposed to go through two more this year. One was in February and another in summer. And then uh, next year was supposed to synchronize something nice with uh, EU But uh, what, what also interesting, that the disconnection from uh, Russian to the Russian energy system was four hours before the war started. And uh, maybe that's coincidence, but uh, in fact, it, it helps us uh, survive. to maintain the energy system, we, we, we cut Russians and the Russians and restrict them from possibilities to make any, any kind of uh, terrorism uh, in, in our grids. And, and that is, was important. So of course uh, uh, we were planned for three days of isolation, but then we understand the war. We would never connect back, and it take us twenty one days when our energy system was in, in isolated more. And uh, thanks to, I mean, that is real solidarity. European countries, UK, United States, was great support from US uh, on this issue, and uh, so we had like everyday discussion. My colleagues and we managed to speed up this process. And uh, on on the 16th of March, we were synchronized. Technically, for us, that is very important issue because you know that any energy system which uh, operate in isolated mode are very vulnerable. Well, well, so in case we are connected, so it it makes us more stability. And we see it right now, even during the challenge, That is one point, and that is the technical point. But from the other side, it gives us also possibility to trade electricity with EU. And uh, for instance, uh, before this this massive we even during the war, we export electricity to European countries. And it was like win-win situation. From one side, we uh, we receive money to our energy system Ukraine, because the financial stability was one difficult question now due to the situation of war.
0: And from the other
1: side, the Europeans uh, used Ukrainian electricity and save Russian gas and oil. And I think that that is one also of the reasons why they, uh, and the Parisian PP was very important in this volumes of experts. And I think that's one of the reasons that they the Russian captured the Parisian, uh, they black out the station. Now they're shelling and uh, infrastructure not to give us possibility uh, to 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 export electricity because the situation that is not only expression transmission, but it's also special of generation. I think But that was really very important for us and it shows that's important, especially in these heavy shellings
0: If you can put um, the power situation with Europe into the context of your broader ambitions. How does Ukraine see itself as a European state?
1: Uh, in fact, of course, we need to, you know, what we discuss. We have a lot of uh, a lot of, of strategies. Many, many, in many spheres. I mean, especially in the energy, have many projects uh, on different different uh, different spheres of energy, like I uh, know, exploration, uh, production about us, and, uh, of course we uh, understand the necessity to face goal and everything. But uh, today, what 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 is really what we see, in, and, I, and I I'm sure that we can become future member of Europe. But uh, what we see now that we need to rethink all the strategies. We are ready to do this uh, from the point of view of threats. I mean because. All we uh, drafted before uh, uh, was not about the military threat to the system, and now we need to think how to change our lives, how to protect our nuclear station. Because uh, before we are not talking about possibility uh, of uh, tanks attack, let's say, to, to nuclear station, or missiles attack to station, and and. So it, we need to receive a lot of drafts, which we, we already uh, did, and, and uh, to, to, to be sure that we let us a new life for our country. So we cannot live uh, in the future as we live before 23 or 24 or 24.
0: Minister, one of the things that is clear from your conversation and uh, your discussion is that the energy sector which is being attacked, it's a civilian set of structures. It affects people in a humanitarian way. It's critical to Ukraine's economy and its ability of people to have a normal civic life. And in that context, I think there would be a great deal of interest of people to understand your plans for rebuilding measures that can be taken to be supportive. How could they help? what is indeed uh, an economic and humanitarian issue for Ukraine.
1: Yeah, yeah you, you, you're right. In fact, that's, that's, uh, uh, that's uh, really, very important to uh, already to think about. Yeah, and we, we say about, that now we have, let's say, the process of fast recovery, and we need to do a lot of things when we are not thinking about, let's say, some modern technology. We need just to repair quickly, as it is. I mean people, And that is a question of hours, uh, days, but of course, we, we need to see, and we're already thinking on, on, on the big recovery, and that is, uh, could be a huge project. For instance, we already, uh, I'm really uh, happy that uh, even during the war, uh, let's say House comes to Ukraine, and uh, we sign a number of very important agreements uh, concerning the uh, development of the nuclear industry, um, and even during the war. So, so that's that's really very important. And what what I say also to, to a lot of uh, a lot of uh, my partners, business also. That of course I understand that there are during the war there are a lot of risks from the point of view of uh, insurance or I mean some some uh, possibilities just to send money. Maybe not uh, many people willing to but what what i, I suggest to and to our partners is that okay look if you are interested in participation in the great recovery of the system which which is a matter of time that is only the matter of time and uh, if you want to participate in some of the projects let's say it's renewables or whatever what is important that uh, today you could say that we are interested in this sphere or that sphere we could think on only some projects which we could prepare from the point of view of documentation licensing because usually uh you know that all, all, all investment projects in, in energy sector takes time for documentation for permissions and so on. that's that's quite a big a big road uh, to come and uh today what, what we can do so we could uh, prepare everything i mean to get all necessary documentation, all permission, license, and to be ready to start uh, a concrete. I mean, investment the next day after our victory. So not to waste time after victory on 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 So that's I think it's very important. And from point of view of any risks, um, it also it also not big investments, not big funds.
0: And if there are companies that are interested in coming into Ukraine, what is the best point of contact for them to follow up?
1: In fact, uh, we had uh, we had uh, in the departments in our
0: ministry, so we
1: could uh, provide any necessary information. We have a special special uh, people responsible for this. They stay in contact. They could provide any information. Then, in case, uh, for instance, uh, there are some interest to. Cooperate with some other companies like NaftaGas and or any companies, Ukrinerga. So we, we we could provide the right guys, could, uh, coordinate all this work, and would help with everything is needed. I mean from the point of view of what I already mentioned, permission.
0: Minister, we know the extraordinary circumstances that Ukraine is in, that you are in today, the attacks on your cities, on the infrastructure of Ukraine, the power systems, and how it affects the survival of your people. We're extremely grateful for the time you've given us. I think one of the things that is underscored is that this is a critical moment for the humanitarian economic future of Ukraine one in which the Ukrainian people have a great deal of resolve and where they are suffering today, but their resolution to be able to continue is moving go, is going forward. And you certainly have underscored the work that you're doing to maintain the power system, the gas system, and to do everything possible that you can uh, can to try to be able to meet with Ukraine's obligations of transit to Europe, as well as providing for the needs of your own people in the industry. Thank you very much for the time you provided. We're very, very grateful. And your thought, our thoughts will be with you as you continue to move forward. Minister, thank you very much. Thank you,
1: Ambassador. Thank you, Ambassador, very much, and thank you for this
0: conversation.